I'm Bishop Sherman Young. Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. 2 Kings chapter 5. Monday night, we looked at this man from verse 1. A great man, an honorable man. He is a noble man. He is a national hero. He is the kind of man that is often celebrated, studied for his military strategies. He is a legend in his own time. Great and wonderful in Syria, headquartered in Damascus. And yet with all of that to his credit, the Bible says, but he was a leper. Even the greatest of us have a but somewhere. The worst of us, the best of us are all brought together because in our humanity, something is wrong. You ask a person how they're doing, they'll say, well, I'm all right. But you know there is never a time when any of us are all right. Never a time. There's always something to deal with. He was a great man, but he was a leper. A slave girl that he had brought back on a raid in Israel and forced her to work in his house in the mansion. A young girl said to Naaman's wife, I wish your husband was acquainted with the prophet in Israel where I'm from, he could cure him of that leprosy. And we looked at that on last night. So we moved from successful but not happy to making the right connections. And God used that girl to make the connection. Now here's the way it reads, 2 Kings 5 and 1. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great an honorable man in the eyes of his master. Yes, sir. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor. Milo, Milo. But he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus saith the girl who is from the land of Israel. And then the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And so he departed and took with him Ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of garment. And then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, I've sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive 
that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he, he's seeking a quarrel with me. Yes, sir. And so it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? My Lord. Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. All right, sir. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now the other night we talked about this idea of successful but not happy and last night the right connections tonight i want to talk about go get it go get it all right sir say that with me everyone go, go. well say it like you want to go get it go get it go get it verse 4 says and naaman went in and told his master thus and thus saith the girl who is from the land of israel Verse 9 says, so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door, at the door. of the house of Elisha. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Naaman shows us how to create opportunities. Yes, sir. Now this little girl we saw last night was spiritually assigned to Naaman working in that house as a slave yet she had a prayerful spirit and she had the attitude of generosity I wish he were with the prophet in my homeland yes, sir. Yes, sir. and she became the connector between this man Naaman and his destiny now, connections can often be the answer of prayers. There are some people who are associated with you, but others who are assigned to you. Milo, Milo. The problem in life is that we often try to hold on to associates as if they were assigned. And the grief that we get in life is when we try to hold on to people that were there temporarily anyhow. And Naaman took advantage of an opportunity. She said, there's a prophet in my hometown. Without hesitancy, he goes in and says to the one that he's serving, the little girl said, there's help for me in Israel. Yes, sir. And then, of course, it gets all the way up to the king. And the king there in Syria gives him a letter to go down to Israel to the king of Israel. Yes, sir. Naaman creates opportunity. Milo. There'll be too many of us that wait on an opportunity. And therefore, we end up dying in the same shape that we've lived in for so many years. What I love about serving God is that servants of God can create opportunity. That you don't have to wait until the door opens. You can use your faith 
You can use the word of God. Yes, sir. And yes. you can use prayer and create a door. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Naaman didn't know anything about a prophet in Samaria. And this was a little girl, not a grown woman. All right, all right. But once he heard that there was help, he immediately went after what he heard about. Don't let moments of opportunity choose you. Choose your moments. We have to learn how to move when the window opens. When the door opens. Because you can sit around and wait so long until the opportunity passes. Truthfully tonight, the only thing that stands between you and your dreams is a decision to do it and believe that it's possible to do. Yes, sir. But in too many cases, we sit up and wait on others to do it for us. We wait on others to help us. Yeah. We complain that we don't have anybody to help us. Right. We complain that even though we have the desire to do it, society won't let us do it. Right. Or because we're a certain race, or because we're born in a certain part of town, or because we don't have the education, or because we don't know the right people, we have to stay the way we are. The truth is, getting, the get, getting out of the ghetto is no problem. The problem is getting the ghetto out of us. And too many saints have their eyes on Canaan, but their mind is still in Egypt. We talk about going to the promised land. But we're continuing to do the things that keep us in bondage. Yeah, yeah. We have to realize and recognize that God doesn't care how high we live. That God is not the one keeping us down. That if I am down and without, I cannot blame God. I cannot blame my fellow man. I cannot blame Republicans or Democrats. I cannot blame those around me. I can only blame myself. Because you see, life is the result of choice. What choices am I making? Understanding that we all must make choices. You see, we are not free not to choose. In this life, you have to make choices. Now you can look at your life and say it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. Well, it's your mother's fault because of the way you were raised. Or it's your father's fault because he was never around. Or it's your uncle's fault because he abused you when you were a child. Or it's your ex-husband's fault because he messed up all the money. Or it's your ex-wife's fault because she wasn't faithful. But the truth is... We still have to make choices. We have to make choices. And my life is the result of my choices. And if you don't like the way your life is tonight, choose again. But rather than bellyache and complain, I wish I had a witness. Rather than go around and griping and grumbling, and rather than talk about everybody's holding you back, all you need to do is choose again. We have to make a choice. You don't get to not choose you have to choose yeah. and once you choose you're not free to choose the consequences of the choice My the God. choice chooses its own consequences 
Once I've made a decision, from then on, my decisions start choosing the consequences. But consequences are those things that we come into because of our choice. We first make our choice, and then our choice chooses for us. Now, making a choice requires courage. Here is a man who is the captain of the Syrian army. Here is a great and honorable man of valor. Here is a man that stands out in his society, in his nation. He makes the choice to follow the advice of a child. But not just any child. A little girl who is a slave in his house. Now he could have said, well, what does she know? Or he could have said, she's not experienced enough to know anything about leprosy. He could have said, well, she's just a child. She's not important. But as soon as he heard of a breakthrough opportunity, he moved on it. How many of us have discounted advice because it didn't come from a person that we thought could have any advice? How many of us discounted what grandmother said because after all, she only had a fourth grade education? Or how many of us didn't believe what a preacher said because after all, he didn't speak good English and all he knew how to do was tune up and zoom and holler. Not understanding that God can use anybody to bring a word of breakthrough and release to you if you just mix faith with what you've heard. We go around choosing who we'll listen to not understanding God can make a jackass talk. God can make a rooster crow and remind Peter that he lied about standing with Jesus. God can use anybody at any time to give you a word of wisdom for your life. You can be driving down the street and see a billboard and read what's on the billboard and it changes the way you think about what you're doing. Because that's the way God is. He's always seeking to speak to us, reveal something to us. But you got to be careful that you don't pick and choose the voice. I know you'd rather hear Dr. So-and-so. I know you'd rather hear Bishop So-and-so, Apostle So-and-so. I know you watch television because you see somebody with a big church operation and you say, they must have something for me. Oh, but it just might be that little preacher that stopped by church one Sunday morning that the pastor put up. And he was old in age and he didn't have a strong voice. But what he said was strong enough to change your life forever. But you got to have courage. Somebody say courage. Courage is the power to let go of the familiar. You see... Christian believers are too satisfied with good and stop reaching for what's best. Well, I got a good life. Well, I got a good job. Well, I got a good house. Well, I got a good car. But God wants us to have the best. I wish I had a witness. It said the children of Israel were on their way to the promised land, but they got to some level land with green grass. And they came in and told Moses, we know you want to go across Jordan, but we like this right here. 
Our cattle have grass. Our children have a place to play. Really, we think this is good enough. How many know we don't serve a God that majors in good enough? I heard Jesus said the thief comes but to steal, to kill and destroy. Come on a little closer. But I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. I said God wants us to have the abundant life. Not just living on barely get along street, doing pretty good. Thank God it's as well as it is. I don't know about you, but I want the best that God has for me. I don't just want to settle with what's good. I want what God has that's best. I wish I had a witness. Growing up in church, they didn't always understand that because many of them lived, you know, in some kind of rough conditions. And we'd get up in church and sing, just give me a cabin in the corner somewhere in glory. Because compared to how we were living then, a cabin in the corner sounded pretty good. But the truth is, Jesus said that in my father's house, I wish I had some help, are many mansions. Not many cabins, I said, many mansions. I said the word said that if you do what God said do, he'll open the windows of heaven. And then he'll pour out blessing you won't have room enough to receive. He said, if you do what I tell you to do, not only will you be blessed, but he says that your that shall overflow with wine. Your barn shall overflow with goods because God wants us to have the best. But you got to have the courage to do it. And God can add anything to courage. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most educated. All right. God can add anything to courage. All right. All if right. you're willing to go for it, God will meet you there. Oh, I don't have a witness here. See, this dude had a couple of choices. I can keep the leprosy. I can stay back here and be great. I can die early and have a state funeral. They'll celebrate me. They'll name libraries and schools after me. I can go ahead and die next year and my family will be provided for for the rest of their lives. Or I can go and get healed because I'm too young to die. I wish you'd reach over, touch somebody, tell them you're too young to die. You're too young to die. Stop trying to give up. When time comes, the Lord knows where you are. Stop thinking about death. Stop thinking about suicide. Stop laying around being lazy. Stop just drifting from one day to the next. Stop just floating around in life with no goals, no objectives, not accomplishing anything, no investments in your life, nothing to your credit. You're too young to die. I wish I had a witness here. My father pastored two churches till he was 93 years old. Then he went to the Lord. Never spent a night in the hospital. Kept his original teeth till he was 85 years old. My mother lived to be 103, still living by herself in Tuscaloosa. Still cooking for herself, still cleaning for herself at 103. Listen, we talked to a man on the prayer call this morning. His mother just died in Greensboro, 103. But he's got an aunt in Tuscaloosa, 107. I wish I had a witness here. Baby, you too young to die. 
just because you had another birthday, everybody has birthdays. Don't start looking for the grave because your knees ache a little bit or because your head hurts a little bit or because your hair is falling out. Listen, there's more to come. This man of God said, the doctor said, I don't know how you made it through the night. Well, we know. We got some inside information. This man is a servant of the Most High God. There are more sermons for him to preach, more books for him to write, more lessons and lectures for him to teach. We know why God still has him here. I wish you tell somebody, I'm too young to die. God Almighty. Good God. Naaman said, I'm too young to die. Oh, yes, I can die, and they'll put my face all over the internet. Yeah. Naaman said, I can die, and they'll talk about me for generations to come. Or I can stay here and do my own talking. Yeah. Good God Almighty. Change. Change requires a willingness, a word, and a whatever attitude. Yes, sir. If you're willing, I wish I had a witness. All right, sir. And a word. My prophet in Samaria, my pastor back home, could cure him. Yeah. And a whatever attitude. See, y'all, our hindrance is not sin itself. Right, God. See, you think, you think it's your mistakes that's holding you back. No, Jesus died for sin. I wish I had a witness. Maybe what you forget is all sin has been paid for. Past, present, and future. I read in 1 John where it said Jesus is the propitiation of our sin. The word propitiation means paid in full. Oh, I don't have a witness here. See, why are you so busy thinking there's sin in your life or mistakes that you've made or things you've done in your past that's holding you back? Jesus has already paid for that. And as a Christian, he said, if we sin, if any man sin, it said we have to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. I wish I had a Bible reader. To not only forgive me of my sin, but then he's going to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. The Bible said Christ is our righteousness. I ain't righteous in myself. There is no righteousness in me. But Jesus is righteous. The reason why a lot of us don't get any further, we think our shortcomings are holding us back. See y'all, see y'all, Jesus died for sin, but he can't do nothing for self. Good God Almighty. He paid for my sins, but he can't help me with myself. I don't have a witness here. See, if God was in the business of improving self, Eve never would have eaten the fruit. And Adam never would have sinned. I don't have any help here. See, if God was in the business of improving self, then we wouldn't have any hindrances. We wouldn't have any blockages in life. The truth is that you are a free moral agent. Ain't no doubt about that. And if you want to stay down, God will let you stay down. I don't have any help here, but I'll tell you this. 
God can't help you if you don't want to be helped. Jesus walked up to a man that had been sick for 38 years. We don't know how long he'd been at the pool. And listen to what he said. Will thou be made whole? What's in your will? You see, God has a will for me. But God's will is God's desire for me. Until I match my will to God's will, ain't nothing going to happen. If, if God control our will, he just going to save everybody and we going and get the millennium started tomorrow. You know why people aren't saved? Does God will for them to be saved? Yes. The Bible said he wills that no man perish. Then why isn't everybody saved? Because he can't make you be. I don't have a witness here. Honey, God can't make you believe. You keep praying, asking God for faith. God can't make you have faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The faith you need is in God's word. If you believe what the word says, the doors start opening for you. See, it's, it's not who you are that's holding you back. It's who you think you're not. You think you're not smart enough. You think you're not wise enough. You think you can't handle money well enough. You, 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 you think that that life that you dreamed about is for somebody else. Good God and that leprous attitude can destroy you. That Luciferian thinking can keep you in bondage. Yeah. Because Lucifer has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But what does he want to steal, kill, and destroy? He wants to steal your potential. He wants to kill your ambition. And he wants to destroy your future. Good God Almighty. Look at these young people. Look at these boys with so much talent and the ability to be anything in the world, but they're in gangs. Yeah, listen to they that. walk with their pants sagging beneath their butts, yeah. carrying knives and, and carrying nine millimeters, yeah. cussing and fussing and fighting. What's going on? The enemy has convinced them that that is the better life. Good God of mercy. They're not aspiring to be surgeons and astronauts. I wish I had a witness. Rather they seek to run the streets and control the city. Yeah. What happened? What happened? Their future is being stolen. God Almighty. How many, aren't you tired of going to these funerals? Great God. Of teenagers that have been shot down. Great God. Aren't you tired of seeing young black men going through so much in the penal system? Well, what's going on? Why is it that you raise up young girls in church to honor God and the word of God and they fall in love with thugs? I wish I had a witness around. Because the devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we think, we think he's trying to kill you physically. No, 
You, you are a better witness for the devil if you live in misery. If you live with an addiction. If you live in poverty. If you live without any success in your life. That is a testimony for the devil. Oh, I'll get a witness before I get through here. I don't care much about watching some television. Because that's poverty that I'm looking at. When I see young men on TV calling women out of their names. Every other word is B. I wish I had some help here. When I look at television and it's so much bling bling and I hear. See, they don't even know that's poverty. You said, but they're making a lot of money. You can make a lot of money and still be poor. Because if the world gives it, the world's going to take it away. Ask O.J. Simpson. Won't the world take it away? I wish I had some help. Go back and look at Michael Jackson and see, won't the world take it away? The same people that hollered you up, as soon as you get to a certain point, they'll snatch you back down. Go ask Michael Vick. Won't the world take it away? The same world that makes you famous for one thing will make you infamous for something else. Let me say this to you, and I need to finish this and sit down. We got two more nights. You will never change what you tolerate. You'll never change what you tolerate. If you tolerate it, you can never change it. God go. And we have adapted in so many cases to leprosy. We learn how to live with it. Yeah. But he was a leper. But that's all right, Reverend. I know how to handle leprosy. It it hurts, but I got it. That means I'm not trying to change it. You have to force obedience. Yes, sir. You have to be forceful when it comes to being blessed. You have to be forceful when it comes to being elevated. You have to be forceful when it comes to prosperity. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God's approval. For they will be satisfied. Obedience has to be forced from within. If your grades aren't good, you got to force yourself to study. All right, all right, all You have right. to force yourself to do homework. You have to force yourself to write. You have to force yourself to improve. Indecision and delay are the parents of failure. All right, sir. You got to make a decision. You got to make a decision. The Bible said a double-minded man is unstable. In all of his ways. In all of his ways. It does say that. And procrastination is a thief. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, y'all. Naaman heard what the little girl said. And he sit back and said, well, next time I'm down there in her hometown, I might check that guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. Uh, Naaman heard what the little girl said. He said, well, let me send a few folks down there and see if they can vet him and check him out. Make sure he ain't one of them crooked prophets. Oh, I don't have a witness here. Naaman said, well, I heard what she said, but, you know, 
It could be a setup because we brought her as a slave from down there. And if I go down there, it could be her family down there waiting to ambush me. He didn't put up any excuses. None whatsoever. How many excuses have I put up? Have you put up? Yeah. Because it was inconvenient. You know what rich folks say? You say that she said she got a pastor down home. Yes, sir, Mr. Naaman. Well, y'all go get him and bring him to me. Because I'm rich. And if he's a preacher, I'm sure he's poor. You got to go get it. I wish I had some witnesses here. Go get it. Go get it. Go you, get I say you got to go get it. Go get it. I, I know you get some folk, you know, I, I, you know, why do I need to go to church when I can watch it on TV? My Lord. Why do I need to go to church when I can see it on Facebook Live? Because <laughs> you got to go get it. I don't have a witness here. What God has for you is at the house of God. Not in your bedroom in your pajamas looking at preaching on television. Can I say to you, TV ministry is for the unchurched. It ain't for the churched. You can watch it all you want, but ain't nothing going to come out of it to bless you. You say, well, I got a blessing. Listen, if you thought that that little bit of little sensation you got was a blessing, if you'd only been there in person. The Holy Ghost ain't trying to help you and you laying up in a bed with a remote control flipping from one preacher to the next on Sunday morning. And then I hear, I hear people that say, well now, do you have to go to church? Saddest thing I've ever heard a Christian say. Do you have to go to church? No, baby, you don't have to go. You get to go. It's a privilege to walk in the house of God. I say you get to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, you ain't going to get to go to the White House unless you ride with somebody else. I wish I had some help here. You, you see, you, you, you ain't, you ain't going to get to go to that 100 foot yacht owned by that billionaire down in Miami Beach. But you get to come to God. Oh, I don't have any help here. But see, the truth is, if you, if you, Auburn fan, if you, Alabama fan, were given 10 years of season tickets right on the 50-yard line in every game Alabama and Auburn played, and you sitting right there behind the players, would you look at all them tickets and say, do I have to go? I don't mind enough. <laughs> Do I have to go? No, I yeah. get to. You know, you call everybody. Ooh, you won't believe what I got. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You won't believe what I got tickets to the game. I get to go to every game free. They're going to pick me up, fly me when they go out of town. Walker, you ought to come go with me. That's the way you're supposed to be about coming to the house of God. Glad God. Glad God. They got a little song. They got a little song. I hear them play it on the radio. It, you know, take me to the king. The, the song is okay, but there's one, one little phrase. See, I'm this way. 
If I don't believe in the words, I'll rock with you, but I ain't going to say nothing. Because some songs are embalmed with unbelief. That's right, that's right. That's and I listen to them singing that song, and there's a little line saying, I'm all churched out. Now baby let me tell you something You forget about what you are talking about The church is the bride Of Jesus Christ The church is the daughter And law of God The father Jesus is engaged to the church The church is his wife How you gonna love a man And can't stand his wife Good God of mercy when you say you churched out you're talking against what Jesus put on the earth cause Jesus said upon this rock oh I wish I could find a witness I build your church our church my church I don't know about you I ain't got the nerve enough to pray and ask God to help me and then turn around and let him know I hate his church you said, no, I don't mean, we don't mean like that. We mean, you know, church folk have worn me out. That's because you come with the wrong attitude. It ain't our job to pep you up. You need to get with God. It's not our job to make sure you don't get hurt or get your little feelings hurt. You get your feelings hurt, run and tell your heavenly father. It ain't my job to watch stepping on your toes. It's my job to preach the word of God. If the word steps on your toes, honey, you need to soak your feet and come on back next Sunday. And while I'm on that, come on here, sir. I hear Christians saying now, well, I'm not getting fed. They sure say that. Well, you feed babies. Yeah. Grown folk eat on their own. Good God Who told you that I'm supposed to be out here spoon feeding you some kind of sermon that you want to hear? When you were growing up in your mama's house, you ate what she cooked. You come in there with your mouth poked out if you want. She said, well, if you don't like it, go in another room and sit down. Listen, I decided a long time ago I ain't trying to stir up no special sermon for you. Trying to keep you as a member. I'm going to preach what I bring and you're going to eat what I fixed. I'm not trying to compete with somebody you like on TV. Tell you what, when you're in the hospital, see if they'll come and see about you. When your child gets in trouble, see if they'll sit down and meet with you at the counseling table. Listen, the truth is that we've got the wrong opinion about the church. This is not a pep rally. This is a worship service. And as a worship service, we're not here to stir you up so you can go out and live in victory. We're here to worship God who is all of our victory. Good God of mercy. Let me finish this. I'm going over time. He didn't procrastinate. Somebody said procrastination. procrastination. See, the procrastination denies privilege. Good God. Procrastination demonstrates poor judgment. My Lord. Procrastination destroys prosperity. And procrastination deepens your pain. He got up to go get it. Yes, sir. Now, I'm through. 
he organized to go get it. He sure did. Bible said he got so much silver together and so much gold together sure and did. so much coal. You know what he was doing? He knew if he was going to the prophet, you don't go before the man of God without an offering. I don't have any help here. See, I've heard people preach that so well, you know, he was trying to buy it. And maybe he was. I don't know that, but here's what I do know. He didn't go empty-handed. When I come to the house of God, I found out when I come in not just with a prayerful spirit, but with an attitude to give. Because it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Uh, let me look up. I'm not looking at nobody look at now. You, look at but we got too many folk that come to the house of God and they don't even intend to give themselves. They just want to get all they can and run back out the door. I want to get all the spiritual strength I can. I'm like a sponge. I'm going to soak it up. I'm going to soak it up. But if you're serious, yeah. if you're serious, when you come through the door, you bring yourself first. I say you bring yourself first. I say you'll turn yourself over to the Lord. And once you turn yourself over to the Lord, whatever else a man has, he'll freely offer it to God. Yeah. He'll pay any price. I'm not talking about money. Uh-uh, you missed me right there. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the price of self. I'm talking about the price of of my heart, my mind, and my soul. I'm all talking right, about right. I will give me. See, there in the Old Testament, he's not even an Israelite. He's a Syrian. He don't know much about any of the Jewish ways, the law. He doesn't know anything about that, but he does know. God Almighty. Don't go down there empty-handed. I know. Is he going to buy? You say he's going to buy. I think he's going to give. See, if he was going to buy, when he pulled up to the house and ran up on the porch, he'd have had all that money and gold stacked up right around him. It was still on the wagon. He came for his miracle. People want to be blessed, don't we? Y'all, come on now, give me, give me five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Folk want to be blessed, don't they? Yeah. But they won't pay a tithe. They won't pay a tithe. No, sir. You better, you better, you better know what you're talking. People want to be blessed, yeah. but they won't sow an offering, and they don't understand that all of that is connected to the blessing. And God said, you know, God told Israel. Now He said, now when y'all come to me, don't I don't want no I don't want no uh, no no cheap offerings. Because you know what they were doing? They were bringing lambs with broke legs. Birds with broke wings. Off them at the sacrifice. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't want your sick offerings. And God still says that today. I don't want your sick offering. You said, what's a sick offering? A sick offering is when your manicure and your pedicure cost more than what you put in church. That's a sick offering. A sick offering is what you paid for your hair, whether you got it sewed in, glued in, or stuck on, cost more than what you put in the envelope. That's a sick offering. A sick offering is when you can sit in front of a TV and watch a football game for four hours and you can't stay in church past an hour and a half without checking your watch. That's a sick offering. 
I think often is when you can go to the beauty parlor and sit there half the day and wait until they get your head finished, but you come to church and you want to leave out as soon as you get in. That's a sick offering. But he went to the wrong place. He went to the king. He went to the wrong place. Somebody said wrong place. Give me three minutes. I'm watching the clock. I said he went to the wrong place. He went to the place of prestige because he was a prestigious man. He went to the place of celebrity because he was a celebrated celebrity. He went to the place of wealth because he was a man of greatness. He went to the wrong place. The answer that we need is not in the White House, it's in the right house. The king panicked. Why did the king panic? I'll tell you why he panicked. Because even the king didn't know that the prophet had the answer. He said, well, he panicked because he came to him. He panicked, yeah. He thought, I got to do this. But if he knew all along that Elisha was down the road, he would have sent the man to the right place. The church is salt and light. They can laugh at us. They can say we don't matter no more. They can call us old-fashioned. They can say we're disconnected with society. They can say we we don't know the party. We ain't been invited to the party. They can put all the mess they want on television and say that we are just too old fogey to understand, but the church is salt and light. The only reason this nation is still here is because the church is praying in intercessory prayer. The church is supplicating before God. They can say we don't count, but we got the answer. And when they get through with their politics and when they get through with their economic summits and G20 and G7 and G8, when they get through with all they're doing, they need to know there's a prophet in town. Come on here, sir. They need to know there's an answer in the right house. And because there is an answer, in the right house. They need to know that uh, the anointing of the Lord brings the answer. You know, uh, you can trust in the power of the king. But you need to remember it's God that appoints the kings and it's God that brings the kings down. You know, the answer that we need is not in government, but the answer is in the prophet of God. The word of God is still the answer. You know what the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Yes, you know the Bible said, not by might. No, by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And whatever you need tonight, God's got it. Do you hear me? You know, when I was growing up, I used to hear them saying, whatever you need, God 
God's got it. He's got everything you need. Do you need protection? God's got it. The Bible said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Do you need provision? God's got it. The Bible says, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Do you need pardon? My God has got it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Whatever you need tonight, if you need healing for your leprosy, if you need healing for your body, whatever the disease, I said God's got it. He's a healer. Oh, yes, he is. He's a deliverer. Yes, he is. He can make a way when others said a way can't be made. He can open doors that others have closed in your face. He can close doors that others open for your destruction. Get up and go get it. Get up and come to the altar. Get up and come to the Lord. The Spirit says come. Yes, the Lord said come. The Lord said come. Come to Jesus. Come unto me, all you who are wearied and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Drug addict, come on! Homosexuality, come on! Those who are diseased and burdened down, come on! Those that are living a life that pleases God, come on! Come on! Can I testify when I was down and out I heard the voice of Jesus say come on to me and rest lay down weary one lay down your head upon my breast and you know what I did I came to Jesus just as I was I didn't have on a suit I didn't have on a necktie I didn't have on nice shoes I had on some old bell bottom pants I had on a t-shirt but I came to Jesus just as I was wounded wounded sad I found in him a resting place I want to testify right now Won't he make you glad? Yeah. Oh, 
Everybody stand on your feet. Everybody stand on your feet. I want you to just reach over and touch somebody and tell them whatever you need. Go get it. Yes.
my Christian experience as the Spirit speaks to you, make your move. The door is open. Why don't you come tonight? You in the house. My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. The day you hear my voice, I'll not your heart. They did in the day of provocation. The door is open. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man hears my voice and open up and let me come in. I'll sup with him and he with me. The door is open. Get up and go get it. Salvation is available. Come while the blood runs warm in your face. Come while you have a chance. Come, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Come on with it. Go on, let them instrument work. Let me hear that piano, little Savior. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. What a message, what a message. My Lord, go get it. My Lord, my Lord. My Lord. Some folk don't know how to clean house. Sherman Young sweep the middle of the floor, but he also sweep all corners. Amen, don't leave no dirt or dust nowhere. God bless you, preacher. Oh yeah, my Lord, praise God, praise God. The door of the church is open. You may be sitting here tonight with no church home. You ought to move. I'll send you where you won't go. You don't have to John Bueller. The door is open. I baptized folks right here and sent them on back up north with a letter. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not calling folks from darkness and light for them to put their name on Beulah's church road. I'm trying to get you, get your name on heaven's road. Amen. That's where the prize is. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> my Lord, my Lord. <laughs> my Lord. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Why are they, why are they uh, still playing? Get your, get your money ready.